Hey folks, I just wanted to let you know that this episode begins with the sounds of warfare. If you'd like to skip over that, head to about the 35 second mark. Enjoy the show. Imagine that for the past six months, you've been immersed in this sonic nightmare. You shave to it. You smoke to it. You huddle over your meals as the sounds move through you. Your only contact with the outside world comes from the occasional letter. Your family and friends, they might as well live on the other side of the moon as far as you're concerned. It's dangerous to get too attached to anyone in the winding trenches that have become your home. Because every day, another one of your friends gets sent over the top into the wasteland, only to be erased from the earth by the rattle of a machine gun or the blast of a mortar. This has been your existence since coming to the front lines. Every day, stepping up, never knowing if it's your time to be erased. You're so consumed with just trying to survive that you've lost track of the date. Enveloped by this hell on earth, you've forgotten that it's almost Christmas. I'm Mason Masters. Welcome to Journeyman Sports. Europe is potmarked with the scars of World War I. A hundred years of distance between now and the guns falling silent couldn't erase the physical wounds left across the continent. Even the trauma of the Second World War couldn't erase the mental and physical impressions of the First. Memorials to the war to end all wars can be found all across fields and forests that were once the forefront of some of the most brutal combat ever witnessed. One of these memorials marks a field in Flanders, a northern region in Belgium, Every year, people gather near an unremarkable field at a simple cross memorial. This memorial doesn't mark the site of a platoon's last stand, nor does it commemorate some war-winning strategic masterstroke. It stands in remembrance for something far more precious. The Christmas Truce of 1914. Let's set the scene. Through the assassination of Franz Ferdinand... No, not the band, the Archduke. Anyway, through the assassination of Franz Ferdinand and the resulting domino crash of treaties and alliances in its wake, Europe found itself sucked into a war that spanned the continent by August 1914. The Allies, made up of Italy, Russia, Great Britain, and France, as well as their foes, the Central Powers, made up of Germany, Austria, Hungary, and the Ottoman Empire, thought the victory would come swiftly. As 1915 approached, however, Nearly a million people had been killed, and the momentum on either side had stalled. Troops on both the western and eastern fronts of the war literally dug in. The space between them, sometimes running for hundreds of miles, was turned into a firing range void of any living thing. For those stationed in the trenches, it was beginning to sink in that the new year 
would not hold much hope for an end to the fighting. Morale was evaporating as winter started to become as harsh an adversary as the people on the other side of no man's land. The leaders of the Allies hoped that the Christmas season would help boost morale for their troops, enough to stiffen their fighting spirit. The only thing to stiffen was the despair amongst the men. The Germans tried a different approach. They decided to bring a piece of home to the front lines by handing out small evergreen trees by the thousands to their soldiers. The Christmas tree was a German invention. Christians started to bring the trees into their homes as early as the 16th century, and Martin Luther... I have a dream! Nope, nope. The 95 Thesis Martin Luther. Yes, that one. He might have placed the first lights on a tree in the form of candles. German soldiers also placed lights on their trees, and often placed these trees at the top of their trenches. The symbol of the Christmas tree had started to spread to other parts of Europe in the 1800s, so when the Allies saw these lights in the distance... They knew what they were, and they knew what they meant. The sight of something so universal as a Christmas tree drove home one of the most maddening things about war. The realization that the people you're trying to kill usually aren't that different from you. On Christmas Eve, you had tens of thousands of mostly white, mostly Christian men sitting across from one another with a growing understanding that government squabbles aside... The only things truly separating them were the languages they spoke and a few hundred yards of wasteland. Whether moved by the spirit of the season, the sorrow of their predicament, or their longing for home, some German troops began to sing Still Nacht. The Brits, close enough to hear, might not have understood those words, but they knew the song. Some of them joined their enemies in a rendition of Silent Night. Informal truces weren't uncommon during the early stages of World War I. There would be gentlemen's agreements to not shoot the enemy during their morning routine or while they were eating, for example, if they were visible from across no man's land. But nothing before or after came close to what happened on this December. In dozens of places all across the Western Front, one side of the wasteland would reach out to the other. Tentative steps would be taken into the muddy hellscape, but no man's land would remain quiet. On this Christmas Eve, there would be handshakes exchanged, not gunfire. This astonishing display of humanity happened between British and German soldiers, mostly. The trenches had been dug in Belgium and France, after all, so those nations' soldiers were less eager to welcome their invaders with songs and spirits. But even amongst those groups... There were reports of truces. Miraculously, the carnage largely stayed paused through the following Christmas Day. For most, the trek into no man's land was simple. The language barrier, though, would prove more difficult to surmount. And the game that many of these young men grew up playing would serve as a translator. Sport can be a powerful tool for communication. The games you play can tell someone a lot about you. It can be a clue as to where you're from, what temperament you have, and what status you hold in your community. During a layover years ago, I was silently putting beers down in a terminal bar. A man sat next to me and shoved his large carry-on bag on the bar between us. I mean, it was clear that neither one of us was having the best day. We both ordered new drinks and kept our eyes planted firmly on our phones. But when I turned towards him to check my departure gate, I saw his eyes light up. He'd recognized my hat. 
Chicago Cubs, he said excitedly. Go Cubs, go! Ernie Banks! Mr. Cub is the best! His English was almost non-existent, and my Korean definitely was. But we were both fluent in baseball. We talked about the Cubs and the Korean League. He fumbled excitedly over his phone, and via YouTube, he opened my eyes to the insanity that is the Korean bat flip, an act so outlandish that it makes the major leagues look like the little leagues. I nearly missed my connecting flight because we were still sharing baseball with one another over an hour later. In the daylight of a Christmas morning, these soldiers found themselves in a similar situation. Though the peaceful silence had to feel heaven-sent as the day moved on and the normal routine of a soldier was abandoned, these men found there wasn't actually a lot to do, so sports took over. Though the rules to the game of soccer had been ironed out only 30 years previous, the sport had already taken over Europe. England and Germany had been sending their nations best to play one another since 1899, and now dozens of games would spring up between their nation's bravest. Most of these games weren't close to being organized matches. They were kick-arounds and formal gatherings popping up as soldiers would drink and fraternize. It was the kind of thing you might see in the backyard at your family's Christmas. If asked last Christmas, none of these men could have imagined where they would find themselves one year later. It had to be stupefying to reflect on how quickly this had all changed, how powerless these men were to the tides of their society. The leather ball would soon become soggy in the mud, and the men's combat boots were barely fit for marching, let alone striking a soccer ball. But for one day at least, there was no fighting to be done. The only war waged was on muddy fields with goals marked by mortar craters, as the sun began to bow to the night, marking the end of this Christmas, and a return to the horrible reality that these men shared. Some truces would last until New Year's before furious superiors finally squashed these minor rebellions. But most would end with Christmas Day. On the 26th, much of the Western Front echoed once again with the sounds of war. Many of the men who documented this miracle would never make it home. And when you look out of the world, it can feel like nothing matters that the injustice and despair felt by so many will consume us. It can feel as if, by no fault of your own, the universe has conspired to stick you in a no-win scenario where the only options are either bad or worse. I can hardly think of a bleaker, lonelier place in history than the trenches of World War I. The amount of courage it took these men to just wait to be thrown into a meat grinder as their governments failed to adapt to modern warfare, both inspires and infuriates me. But there they were, with no option but to go over the top. Until they made their own option. They chose to celebrate the birth of their chosen savior in a place that was surely forsaken by him. We always have a choice. So if I'm going to try to impart anything to you in this holiday season, it's this. The only way out of the darkness is with love. And the only sure salvation, found in this life at least, is through each other. Folks, thank you so much for listening. It truly 
makes my day every time I think about other people out there taking the time to listen to what I have to say. You're all dumb. You shouldn't be listening to this. Find better things to do with your lives. But since you're here, how about you stick around a little longer? Because there's other stories to be told. Uh, If you want more long-form stories, you can find those online on our website, which is found at www.thejourneymansports.com. You can also follow along with us on social media, um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at uh, Journeyman Sports or The Journeyman Sports. So once again, guys, thank you so much, and I hope you have a very happy holiday, and we'll meet again soon. I'm sorry, am I on? Memorials. Memorials. Pause.